particular week, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the tree here. Jonathan, you guys, oh, he's got that tree right there, okay? And we're going to learn what, what can we learn from a tree here? There's a lot we can learn from a tree here. And uh, a lot we can learn about our spiritual life from a tree. Then we're going to get into next month. Um, I was I was talking to my wife, and sometimes some people don't always come to Sunday school, so they don't they don't always get a good scope of what's called the Bible. So I felt like it was Heart Month, and so I, I started to go topical. Then God kind of said, "No, I want you to go through the Book of Jonah. It's only four weeks, and God's heart toward the city." And uh, we're going to go through that little book and uh, learn learn some principles about. God's heart versus our heart, and sometimes our heart and God's heart don't match up, and we're going to see here that Jonah got angry when people got saved, and God said, go sit there and, and sit and think about your anger, why you're angry, and get right with God, And uh, but we're going to talk about several things about our heart next month, and, and again, we're going to go through the book of Jonah, we'll be having some speakers coming in, I think March, a little bit of April, uh, singers as well. I booked Dustin Lambert this year, and Jeremy, and a couple other, a couple new people as well too. If you do have a special person that you want to come see, please let me know. And everything I know, Mr. Luby told me about one particular evangelist. You'll need that number as well too, as well. But uh, we're going to look today about a tree, and I want you to look at Psalm one and and in verse three. It says, and he shall be, he says, he's not the tree, but he's going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water here. And obviously, if a tree is planted by water, it's going to get constant nourishment to those roots. And when it gets constant nourishment to the roots, everything goes upwards and it, it makes the leaves, it makes the uh, strong tree, makes the fruit and everything. Uh, but it says that bring us forth, and we're going to look at his fruit here. And we're going to look, and because of time's sake, I'm just going to read a couple different things in the Bible that represent fruit that are actually God's fruit here, okay? And uh, we're going to see it's in his season. It's, it's in his timing. And then it says, his leaf also shall not wither here. We're going to talk about how people can wither away spiritually when they're not getting their nourishment from that water here. And I tell you what, I've seen a lot of people wither away because they're not nourishing themselves spiritually here. And we're all going to have things that come into our life, but... Uh, God does not want you, God wants you to look at the strongest, what's the biggest, strongest tree in the, what's those big ones over in California called? Redwoods. Okay, God, that's what God wants you to be. They've been around there for a long time. Or those trees across from the high school here or down by Mill Creek Park. That's the way God wants you to do. They have not withered. They have been through there. You know, I know a lot of Christians, they just kind of wither away. And you know, you, you trace it, you trace it. It comes back to, they're not nourishing themselves. They're not taking time to draw from the water to their roots. And they're not producing fruit here. And, uh, and I want you to think about a tree for a second before a tree. 
And I'm going to ask you a couple questions here, but uh, before I do that, you know a tree is alive here. How many of you know that a tree is a living, growing thing? How many of you know today that you're not only alive physically, but you're alive spiritually? The Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and you're alive spiritually. You know what God wants you to be? He wants you to be alive everywhere in your community here. You know what a tree also is? I don't know about you. The tree's beautiful here. Okay? I went up on top of Cheat uh, this summer and, well, previous summers, and uh, took a right. And I remember when we first moved here, we had all those pines up there. And I went up there, and I was like, whoa, what happened? What happened to all those trees and everything? And, of course, they explained they explained why they did it and everything to, to cut away the dead and the, and the forest fire and everything. But... To me, when I drove through there, and how many have been up there on top to the right here, and I like to go up there and hike and look over here. I just thought, I just love that view when you went through there, and I used to stand up on top of that rock. How many have ever been that first, where it goes up there, and that first trail, and then you stand up there on that rock, and you just overlook all those beautiful trees here. And aren't, aren't, aren't trees beautiful? What, what's your favorite tree? My wife and I were having an uh, agreement, disagreement this week, but... Uh, Oak is my favorite, <laughs> okay? How many of his favorites is oak? It's probably all guys, right? <laughs> okay, okay. What's your favorite tree? Somebody tell me. Maple. Chat, chat. What is it? Maple. Maple, okay. All right. Sir, apple. <laughs> Amen. Wonder why. That's a long story. <laughs> that guy's an apple thumb right there, but <laughs> get something off of it. One more. Chad, what's your favorite tree? You spend a lot of time in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's not, that's cheating, right? <laughs> but uh, aren't trees, they, they're just gorgeous, but I don't know about you, when they, lose, when they lose all their leaves this time of year, I mean, it's kind of blah, right? How many like fall? Man, I just love fall when the leaves change. It's so gorgeous, it represents God, but it's just kind of boring whenever the leaves fall off at this time. Of year. How many agree here? It's like, blah, get some kind of leaves back on. Spring, hurry up. At least we can get some green, but I like, I like, I like the color best, but at least we can get some green. But, again, when those leaves fall off, to me, it's just like, ah. And it, it kind of represents when the leaves fall off of a spiritual life. It's kind of like people are like, ah, and everything. But you know what? A tree also is fruitful. Amen? And, uh, but you know what? The main person that eats the fruit is not the tree. Do you realize when a tree grows a fruit, whose fruit is it supposed to be? For the tree or for you all? God, God made it for you, okay? And you know what? Do you realize here that, that God made you like a tree for somebody else? I'm, I want you to think about that. Just like God made a tree for you, you can go down to Walmart and you say, oh, apples, or grow your own, and that's somebody else here. And God made you for somebody else. And God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be blessed. How many believe that God wants you to be happy and blessed? And uh, a tree also is supposed to be useful here. You realize trees are very useful. Thank God, Hillary, right? Uh, they're, they're in the log and amen. But uh, trees are useful. Uh, we've got two by fours and all those things here. But where would we, don't let me get in a tree hugger sermon, but, uh, but where would we be without trees? 
Mud huts, amen. So I'm agree, you know, when you got some wood up or different things like this, trees are very useful. Now, if we're supposed to be like a tree, are we supposed to be useful for God? Yeah, and then, then also, uh, uh, trees are supposed to be enduring here, lastly, here. And, you know, you look at some of these trees. Again, you drive down. I was just, I think it was last summer they were cutting down a tree in front of Tigers Valley High School. And I know I've been here for 23 years, but those trees are probably, help me now, somebody who's been here for a long time, 100 years old maybe? Gary, 200 years old, okay? And down by the Mill Creek uh, Park down there, they, were, they cut down some trees, and, and they've been around for a long time. And you realize, folks, we're supposed to endure for a long time in the Christian life. It's not one of those things that we say, okay, we get saved, and then a year later, where was such and such? What happened to them? Oh, I can tell you what happened to them. They got out of their Bible. They, they got out of their Bible. Does Satan want to keep you away from this book. Yeah. How many, how many realize Satan's pretty good at doing that? He's good at keeping you away from your prayer life. He's good at keeping you away from church. He's good at keeping you away from, from, from uh, the Bible and, and other things here because he's no smart dummy, right? So we're going to look in just a second here. Why was Psalm 1 written? Psalm 1, the whole book of Psalms, is a song, song book and a prayer book for the nation of Israel. And that God wanted the nation of Israel to stand out among all nations of the world. He was God's chosen people here. He wanted them to be the healthiest people in the world. He wanted to be the most blessed people in the world. He wanted them to have the best marriages in the world here, uh, the best economics in the world. He said, you're not supposed to be the head, or you're not supposed to be the tail, you're supposed to be the what? Head here. Everything about Israel, God said, I want you I picked you because I want you to show the whole world that you can be blessed by following my commandments. Now, how many of you realize God has blessed, we sing the song, God bless America, land that I, what? How many realize God has blessed America? But you know how God has blessed America? America started on the Judeo-Biblical principles of God. How many realize that? Okay. We started out right, but you know what? We're not very fruitful anymore. We're not very prosperous, and, and when you consider $31 trillion in debt here, sure, we can give away a bunch of stuff, right? But that, that would be like our church, and we're, we're having a, a budget meeting this year saying, okay, uh, we're, we're going we're to budget a certain amount, but we're going to give away $100 million extra when we don't have it. Then that would be wrong, wouldn't it? Okay. So, uh, but if God blessed us with that, then we could do that, right? Okay. Now, my point is, okay, that's what God wanted here. He wanted them to be blessed. He wanted them to be happy. Now, how does verse 1 start, and then I'm going to ask Brother Ronnie to start. What's that very first word mean? Verse, verse say. Help me now. Verse 1. Blessed. Okay. Now, the word blessed means happy here. Okay. It basically means happy. You're in obedience. You're happy because not that you won the lottery or not that you did this here. You're happy because you are following God's laws. God's way of doing things here. Now, how many realize 
we will be happy. Happy marriages follow God's ways. Okay? And ha happy churches follow God's ways. Okay? Uh, happy friendships follows God's way. Happy employers follows God's ways. How, how many of you have ever had a good boss and a bad boss or God has blessed one thing, other? And it's because they followed God's ways here. How many believe if we follow God's ways here? It's not saying we won't have a difficulties in our life here you know we we've had difficulties in our life the uh, uh, last couple years here but but we feel like we have been blessed with a good marriage I've been blessed with a good family blessed with a good church here I'm not I'm not wealthy like say Bill Gates or somebody like that would somebody say well Bill Gates is blessed because he has a lot of money is that is that what that means no okay Bill Gates don't have what you and I have we have Jesus Christ here, okay? So we can still be blessed here. And, and, uh, uh, or somebody could say, well, Tom Brady, he could be blessed because he's won six, he's won six marriages. <laughs> he's won six or seven Super Bowls here. But uh, he's not ended up so well here and lately here. And I'm not judging that person. I, I, I like him here. But my point is, okay, that uh, when you look at blessed, we often think, of blessing is having a lot of money in the bank, right? Or having a lot of fancy house or even a fancy building or a fancy church here, but that doesn't mean you're blessed. I know people in different parts of the world that don't have what Americans have, but they're still blessed, okay? So, Brother Ronnie, go ahead and ask God's blessings on this sermon because we're going to find out how do we get God's blessings? How did God want Israel to be happy? And there's two groups of people that he's going to talk about today. They are godly people, and they are ungodly people here. Amen. Now, I want you to think about, in verses 1 and 2, describes, if you're taking notes, the person who receives a blessing from God here. Now, I want to ask you a question with a good amen. Do we automatically receive God's blessings just because we're born into a Christian family or born in America or whatever? No. We don't automatically receive God's blessings just because we're Americans, okay, or or. My kids said, well, I'm, I'm blessed because my, my, my dad was a pastor or this and this, okay? But can these blessings, can different people affect? If blessings are following, being happy because we follow God's word, and we're going to see here that, that it's, our, it's his, our delight, delight to spend time in his word here. Notice how we are to get blessed. Well, we have to be around the right sources. And so the psalmist first is going to describe the wrong sources that you can get around that can actually rob you of your blessing because what happens is they begin to change your mindset here from God's ways to the world's ways. And how many have ever known people 
that just said they got around the wrong people and it changed the way they think. I was talking to somebody just two days ago that was on drugs and they said, I was doing, I was doing great until I got around the wrong people again. <laughs> And they started changing my thinking back to the way it used to be doing. He had, he had went to a, a, um, a particular, uh, or this particular person had went to a, a, a reform place, and they were doing good and everything. And then, they, again, back to the wrong crowd, the wrong thinking here. Now, how many agree, if you get around biblically-minded people here, and they're blessed, and and you get around these people, God will turn and help us with our thinking here. But notice what he says here. Now, God gives a progression here. And there's a difference between blessed is a man first when you walk, then it says, and then in the counsel of the ungodly. And then he says, you go from walking to what? Standing. Then you go from standing to sitting here. Now, I may agree that that's a progression here. If me and Ronnie are walking together here, okay, I might be a little bit faster. When I take a walk with my wife here, she, she's not as fast as me, and I always say, hurry up, hon, hurry up, hon, okay? And how, how many guys, how many do that when you take a walk with somebody? You're like, we ain't got all day here. Hurry up and catch up here because we're not walking at the same pace here. Okay. How many have ever taken a walk with somebody and you didn't walk at the same pace here? Okay. So when it describes, it says, the blessed is the man, happy is the man. Okay. This is, describes the man, the people that he hangs not around. Because if he hangs around these people, it's going to change his thinking. And notice how it's a progression. It doesn't happen first. It says, he walks not in the counsel of what group of people, folks? Of the ungodly here. Now, this, this means is you're, walking is what? When we describe walking, folks, what is it? Nick, it's kind of like a casual stroll here. You and Brittany take a walk. It's just a casual stroll with, where you're going out and you'll be back here. Now, let me ask you a question. Can we casually dibble around ungodly people, maybe reading their books, maybe watching secular news stations. How many agree there's a lot of ungodly things that are on that? Uh, can we casually be around somebody that's ungodly and sooner or later they're starting to give us counsel? Well, you know what you should do there, okay, when they've been married five or six or seven times? Well, let me help you here. And on this, or they've been bankrupt seven or eight times, and they'll say, well, let me do this here. And how many agree it's almost like what goes on in our capital today here? People are trying to tell people what to do here, and they're walking together, and they're giving counsel, and they're saying, why isn't it working here? Now, how many agree here that ungodly counsel does not work? Amen. And so we better be careful. It's not that we can't spend time around ungodly people. I spend around ungodly people all the time trying to win them to what? Christ here. It's not that we're supposed to do this here. It's but we better be careful when we get so close to a group of people here that now we are being blessed and then 
pretty soon we're just taking casual strolls. We're reading ungodly things on the internet. We're reading ungodly things here. And we're just doing it casually here because when you walk, right, isn't that what you do? You do it casually here. But notice the second progression. Does it change? Do you get a little bit closer now from stand? It says, nor standeth in the way of sinners here. Now, Brother Ronnie here, if I'm walking with you, but if I go over here now, casual approach we may be ahead of each other but as I start to get a little bit closer and I stand in the way of sinners here okay now are we all sinners according to the Bible we all sin but he's talking about the ungodly here the people who the word sin means we miss the mark here okay now my point is okay When we stand in the way of sinners here is we're getting a little bit closer to people that don't follow God's way. Now, let me ask you a question. When you get a little bit closer than just a walk and a casual reading, and you get a little bit closer to people, and can you, your mindset, start changing? How many of you know somebody, their mindset started changing? They were once on fire for God here. They loved the Lord here. And you said, what happened here? Why are they not fruitful no more? Why are they not being blessed no more? Why are they divorced here? What happened here? Not, not to say anything about divorce or anything that happens here. But my point is, okay, I always say, what happened? And it's not what happened, but who happened? <laughs> it's who you decide you want to be around with intimately. Now, I'm not talking about being close to unsaved people that you're trying to win to Christ, but I'm talking about who are you intimately around? Are you getting your counsel from people that are not being blessed biblically here? Beware, because you you are not drawing your source from God. You're drawing its source from other people. Then he goes from sitting... Now he says standing, and now he says what? Nor he does what? Sitteth in the seat of scornful. Now, Ronnie, we're walking, right? Now I'm standing. Scoot over for just a second. Now we're pretty close. We're pretty close. Don't tell Dr. Fauci we're more than six feet, though. Okay. So how do we agree? had a lot of good camping stories over the years, okay, and a lot of fun. Uh, But if Ronnie was a scorner, which Ronnie's not, what is a scorner? Somebody tell me. What's a scorner? Help me now. Yeah, they're always saying this is wrong, this is right, and this is not the way to do things here. And usually they're scorning against God's way of doing things. Now, notice what it says here. He sits in the seat of the scornful. Are you getting a little bit closer to somebody here? So, let me ask you a question. If you are sitting around a scorner, do you think eventually you will become like a scorner? You you will have that fruit that God's talking about, that attractiveness here? No. So, 
what psalmist is telling us here is the person who receives a blessing, the way he gets it, he must guard who he's around at all times. And so I don't know about you. I choose a group of people that I want to try to help. You know, I want to try to help people in our community that are on drugs. I stop, and when I take a walk, I stop, and I talk to people. I just talked to one yesterday, and I said, how are things going? How's it going? Let me give you a track, or let me talk to you here. Let me invite you to church, and most of the time they come. Some they don't come or listen. Some of the times they don't listen. 99% of the time they don't hear, but I am not getting close enough to that person where it starts changing my thinking here. Now, let me ask you a question here. If we're not supposed to draw off into our mind these type of people, then where are we to get our spiritual vibrancy? Can we get it in, from the uh, counsel of the ungodly? Can we get it from the sitting in the way of sinners? Again, we're all sinners, but he's talking about people who intentionally go against God's word. Or can we get it from scornful people that mock and do things against God's word? Now, let me ask you a question. Is there... A world full of people out there that are scorners? Yeah, I man, you turn on the TV, people mock God's way of doing things today. How many agree it's even getting worse? They mock God's way of marriage. They mock God's biological way of doing things. I'm just telling you the truth. Just look it on TV, okay? They, they mock God's people. How many know that if you take a, if you believe a biblical approach, you're going to get talked about anymore? Okay, and, and my point is okay. I don't know about you. I don't want to be around that type of person. I don't want to draw where I'm that close to drawing. So, how do I get happy? Well, he describes the happy the way he gets happy. Notice in verse 2, it begins with the conjunction. Remember in English, conjunction, junction, what's your, what? Function, amen. I think that was on, was that on Sesame Street or something like that? Some, something I used to listen to, okay. I had a lost schoolhouse, okay. <laughs> Memory problem accident, okay. <laughs> but, but it's a conjunction, right? Okay, how many people realize that, okay? So what's he joining together? The happy man who gets, who says, don't get around this person. But, he says, you want to be blessed? Here's the secret of being blessed. Now, how many want the secret of being blessed? It's not being around the wrong type of people, even though we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world here. It says, but his, notice what it says. But his What? Oh, that's a magic word. Circle it if you're in your Bible. I write in my Bible here, okay? Circle it. Delight here. What does it mean to delight here, okay? I'm going to pick on Amber here, okay? Do you delight in hunting? I would say you do. I think you like hunting, okay? Uh, um, let me see. Ronnie, you delight in graphic. What's that? Making apple trees, but not making apple trees. What's that called? Yeah, different variety. Do you, do you enjoy doing that? Okay. Somebody else tell me what's Chad, Chad, do you enjoy taxidermy? Is it a delight for you? Rodney here, you're a football coach. I'm sure if you're a football coach and didn't like football, and delight in football, you probably wouldn't be coaching football, right? Is football a delight to you? It, it is for me too, okay, and everything, okay. But one more thing, what's a delight to you? Somebody tell me real quick, what's a delight to you? 
What, what's something you like to do? You say, man, I just, I love doing this. It's, it's delightful when I do this here. Real quick, only got one time. Hiking, amen, okay. So it's something that you say, hey, I don't have no problem hiking, and I can do it every day, right? Okay, I used to bike uh, every day, 10 miles every day. It was a delight to me. I can't do it no more. can't get into the reason why here. But, man, it, it was something that, that I delighted into, and nobody had to tell me, get on your bike. <laughs> nobody had to tell me to run, right? Nobody had to tell me to hike. I just did it here. Now, but there's one thing that if you're going to be a successful, happy Christian, it says his delight is in the what, folks? Law of the Lord. Now, that would have been the first five books of the Old Testament and all the Old Testament now and all the New Testament, all the Word of God now here. But let me ask you a question here. The Bible is the best-selling book in America. How many realize that? But it is the least-read book in America. Isn't that kind of hypocritical? The most Everybody says, I need a Bible. Why? Come to church. I need a Bible here. Why is it the most selling book, but the least that well, people say, well, I don't understand it here. Well, there are things called Bible studies. Mrs. Sunder, you go to a Bible study. Mrs. Hudock's here, okay? You explain things, help them explain things, okay? But my point is okay here. It says the way you get the proper thinking is you have to, you have to delight in it. You have to want to do something every day. Now, that presents a challenge for me here, okay, because I have an enemy that doesn't want me to do this every day. Who's my enemy that wants me to not do this every day? Jim, okay, and he realizes he doesn't want you happy. He doesn't want you blessed. He doesn't want you to be like that tree. So he says, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, notice this word, he meditates both day and night. Now, what's the word meditate means? Now, it's not the Eastern meditation here. Where in, in the Middle East, they just do this. They just cross their legs. They sit there and they say, whatever comes to your mind, ah, breathe in, breathe out. Whatever comes to your mind here, okay. If it comes, something comes to your mind to kill you, go ahead and do it here, okay. That's not what meditation is. The word meditation is, it's kind of like an animal who sits there and chews the cud. They say, mm, this is good. They sit there, and they sit there, and they do it over and over again, and they digest it here. Now, my daughter-in-law back there, uh, downstairs actually, she said, I just did something for the very first time that I've never did, and she's growing as a Christian, got saved, and, and uh, growing as a Christian, and she said, I've never read through my Bible for the first time. And, and, and I applauded to her, but I always tell my wife here, I would rather somebody read through a fourth of the Bible in a year and meditate on it and think about it and uh, ask yourself questions, what's this mean? How can I apply it to my life? How can I use it here? Uh, I would rather than get through a fourth of the Bible and apply it to their life than I used to do this where I'd say, I'm going to read through the whole Bible just because it's a goal, but what did you learn? How did it change your life? I don't know, but I did it. Now, which would be better, to take your time and do a daily bread, Ronnie, at least if you're getting one verse where you're thinking about that verse and you're saying, I don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to read a daily bread. It will take five minutes. I'm going to think about that verse. How can I apply it to my life? How can I shape it? It's a good story too, right, Brother Ronnie here? And that's what he wants us to do, meditating day and night, thinking about something 
before we go to work, why, do, why before we go to work? Where are you going to face at work? You're going to face Satan? How many work? I'm not saying kill on your co-workers, but how many work with unsaved people that just don't live, give the best counsel or the best advice? It's not biblical. Real world, 21st century, right? Am I the only one out there that ministers? Okay. How, how many realize here? Family, everything. So before, even if it's one little verse of a daily bread where you say, take five. How many of ever when they've been doing a movie? They messed it up. They say, take five here. Do something here. It will be better for you to take a couple minutes or do like Miss Sunder does. If Miss Sunder misses church, she drives on her way to work. And what do you listen to on the way to work? Or a sermon, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. But Caleb, a sermon. Okay. That's Jonathan's fault. Okay. But you know what? When my kids were babies and they were in a crib, I told my daughter about this, we put the Bible on tape when they were babies. And how many of you know that you can put that little button where it plays over and over again, chapter one, two, over and over again, okay? And I didn't realize that until one day I was saying, why is this song playing five times over, okay? But my point is, okay, we used to all night long, and they would just listen to the Bible all night long here. Now, does it? you think it has an effect on a child when they're hearing God's word going in the morning and the evening here? So even if you're going to work, you know, I know Dollar Tree sells them for a dollar. You can buy a book of the Bible, and while you're driving, you could stick it in the Bible. I learned more Bible just by listening to the Bible while taking a drive by myself or listening to Caleb. I just pop it in there, and I listen to the Bible. Now, it'd be better to listen to the Bible and take some time for the Bible than have no time for the Bible, right? Okay. So we're supposed to take some time when we read our Bible if we're going to be blessed, it's not that we have all this information, is we're going to meditate. Then he's going to be, when he meditates, he thinks about God's word. He says, now is when he's going to be like a tree. He's going to be like a what? Tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit. Now, when a tree is planted by water, does it have a constant supply of water? Now, let me ask you a question. What if your Bible reading well dries up? You're going to dry up here, okay? You say, Pastor, why, why are you still excited? Yeah, I'm still excited for the Lord here, amen? Many, many years, okay? But you say, well, you're a pastor, you have time for the Bible. Yeah, okay. But when I was busy here, I must say in Bible college, let me say a truth teller. You know where I backslid the most at? In Bible college. Because, you know what, I was constantly surrounded by Bible college, and I had to work 50, 60 hours here, and I had to take a full load of class here, and we were supposed to read the Bible, and I would get days, I would be like, I forgot to read the Bible, and I'm studying to be a preacher, okay? That's bad here. Now, I realized uh, that can't be like that. If my life is going to be blessed, I got to have some kind of nutrition, water coming in. Why? So my, so that... My f that, that I'll bring forth fruit. Now, very quickly, I only got a couple minutes. If you're taking notes, what is fruit in the Bible? It's different things. Romans 1.13, it's bringing people to Christ. Galatians 5.22-23, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's called the godly character. Uh, um, 
in uh, Romans 15, 28, fruit is giving to God's work. It's, it's, it's you're giving to something when you're gone. You can see something from heaven. Colossians 1, 10, it's doing kind of ministry or some kind of good works in your community here that benefit people here. And then Hebrews 13, 15, it's bringing praise to God here, okay? So let me ask you a question here, okay? If we're planted... Do you think we're going to bring forth this fruit? Yeah, we're going to be fruit people here. But let me ask you a question here. Do you see a lot of Christians, they just are not bearing a lot of fruit. They're not doing what God wants them to do. Now, look quickly what he says right here. His leaf also shall not do what? Wither here. Now, do these leaves, as you look around, are they all gone? Was there a cause? What was the cause for all these leaves gone? What is it? Winter. Yuck. <laughs> okay. Okay. But there was a cause. Now let me ask you a question. What is the cause of your spiritual joy, vibrancy, passion? What is the cause if you've lost it? You ask yourself. Don't ask me. But I dare you to trace it back how much Bible reading you got. You get a Bible person in the Bible and they find out what God wants them to do and they meditate and they think and they do here, they are not going to wither away and then it's going to prosper. It's going to be a blessing to other people. Now, it ought to be your goal for this year to be a blessing to other people here. In some way, be a blessing here. Is my life like a tree? Am I blessing people in all, but he, he, he lists another group of people here. The, look at verse 4, just about done. The ungodly, now he goes from the godly to the ungodly, and he says don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now he says you want to be blessed? This is the way to do it. But look at verse 4. The ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff, which the wind driveth away here. Now, chaff was when they took uh, husks and they winnowed it, and then they had this extra grain, and the only thing it was good to be is just swept out or thrown in the fire. I, I would kind of like be like sawdust here, okay? How many realize if you put a bunch of sawdust out there, it'll easily blow away, right? Or you could burn it, or you could make that fake wood with it too as well too. But my point is, okay, does a tree, does a tree stand stronger than chaff? Yeah. Does a tree do a lot more than chaff? Now let me ask you a question. Should the Christian be, be a blessing a lot more than the ungodly? Okay. It is bad when the ungodly are trying to help their community more than the godly people. I can't figure that out. Amen? The godly people ought to say, and we want to make this community are better. The ungodly says, well, who cares about this? But the godly people need to stay in the word of God, and the, they're going to be driven away. Now look at verse 5 and 6, and I'll be done so I can be done at 12. Therefore, for this reason, remember, read the Bible, what reason? He just got son, they're driven away. He talks about two groups of people, and God always divides two groups of people, the rams and the goats, the wheat and the chaff and the, and the New Testament, different things. 
Now he's talking about the tree and the godly versus the chaff. And therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the saints. Are we sitting in two different places? Now let me ask you a question. You know what? The only difference between me and my unsaved relatives and anybody in this community, and anybody in, in anybody, whether it be somebody who serves in D.C. that's a Christian or who's not, the only thing that they're different is God's divided them up in two categories. One's saved, one's godly, and one's not. And you realize, folks, let's be realistic. There's either godly people, and godly people have to have the word of God. It ought to make a goal of your life to be in the word of God. But ungodly people, they're not going to benefit much. There's only one thing that awaits ungodly people. And look at verse 6. And I love that God knows this. For the Lord, look at verse 6. What's he say? Knoweth. Mm, man. God knows the way of who? Now let me ask you a question. Does God see you when you walk outside these doors? Does God see you when the Bible is kind of blew off the dust, okay? Does God see it when it sits on the shelf? Does God see that you can delight in? I'm not saying this in a wrong way, but Ronnie, I'll use you because I know you won't. If Ronnie says, man, I spend all my time and energy and delighting in this, God says, but what about the Bible? Men have died for this. Men have given their lives. Fox's Book of the Martyrs, right? Amen. Does God see us even... Our Bible reading? So what do you think when God says, I've given them my word? They just have to draw off of it. It says, the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but look quickly and I'm done. But the way of the godly shall do what? Perish. What's it mean to perish? Die. Everybody knows John 3.16, for God so loved the what? Help me now say it. Should not what? Should not perish. That means that God says there are people that's going to die and go to hell. There are people that's going to die. Now, I don't know about you, unsaved people who don't have the Holy Spirit, that I, I'm sorry, I just don't have a lot of respect and I don't want what they want here. I don't care if it's Bill Gates who have millions of dollars here. I feel more blessed than Bill Gates. I do. I feel that's what's the most, what's the richest guy in the world who owns all those things, whatever. I feel more blessed than him. You say you feel more blessed. You're in a tiny little uh, country church, a hundred people here, four godly children that love the Lord here. Yeah, I feel more blessed because you know why? I did it God's way. And we always get this way. We think, oh man, person's got a bunch of money. They're surely best. No, 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 no. You're blessed when you look at your fruit. You're blessed if you look at your leaves. You're blessed if you're still standing strong. You're blessed if your marriage has been for 70 years, amen. You're blessed, amen. But not everybody can say that, amen. And my point is, okay, what are you delighting in today? Make it a goal to draw off of the river. 